Welcome to Inbound Agency Journey. This is the show where inbound agency leaders share the strategies, shortcomings, and successes they've experienced in their journey toward building their dream agency. Now, here are your hosts, Andrew and Gray. Welcome to episode number five of Inbound Agency Journey. I am your host, Andrew Dembski, and today I am very excited to bring Rob Bailey from Page Ladder onto the podcast to share some of his story. Rob, how are you doing this morning? I'm great, Andrew. How are you, brother? I am fired up and ready to go today. Rob, I'm excited for you to dig in and to share some of what makes you tick as an agency owner and what makes your agency special, because I know you've got a lot of personality and you bring that personality into your agency. So (laughs) could you start and just introduce the audience? Who is Rob Bailey and who is Paige Ladder? Yeah, you got it, man. Thank you so much for having me, first of all, Andrew. Um, as you know, I'm a big fan of all the things that you guys do at Guava Box and do inbound, so um, I'm extremely happy to be here. Um, yeah, so my, my name is Rob Bailey, like you said, and actually I've been doing, I have an SEO background, so I've been doing SEO and, and web marketing in general since 2005. And so, um, at, you know, online marketing is not new to me. I've kind of, quote unquote, seen it all. Um, I built my first website in 1997 when I was in college. And uh, so, I, you know, the things that translate over to inbound are very natural to me. Um, but our agency, Page Ladder, started um, uh, in 2011. And basically what we did was we came out with a performance-based SEO product that um, we were selling really, really well for two years. Uh, then we found out about um, inbound marketing and our clients were having all these sort of conversion issues and retention issues and everything. So. Um, we decided to take the leap and become a full-blown inbound marketing agency um, just a couple years ago. So we've been doing inbound marketing uh, full-time for the past, I would say, uh, two-plus years. And um, out of those, those have been the two best years of our agency by far and of my career so far. So That is awesome. Was it a specific event that triggered that transition, or did you just... Did you kind of see the shifting tides of the way the industry was moving that said, we need to make a strategic move here? Yeah, good question. So really, I, I wrote about this at length for uh, Max Trailer. Max Trailer is someone you, who you know um, yeah. over at the Content Marketing Blueprint. And you know, one of the things that triggered it was our clients would just wake up one morning and be like, you guys are doing a great job for us doing SEO. And we're really happy with your work, but I'm sorry, we got to let you go. <laughs> and we would just be like, what? Like, where is this coming from, you know? And so the issue that they were having was we were handing them leads and traffic on a silver platter, but most clients didn't know what to do with that traffic or the leads. And the thing that we began to found once we, like, broke everything down and studied it was that, you know, this this is a... This is more than a one tactic game nowadays. You know, the the space is far too segmented and the buyer's journey is far too squiggly. It's not linear. Um, for you to just say, oh, we're just going to do SEO and business owner, you're going to be able to connect all the dots and make the money that, you know, that we're uh, predicting for you. And the reason for that is because, you know, the, the buyer's journey is is different with every user and it's different based on channel and it's different based on timing, right? So 
where they're at in the buying process in their heads. And so, you know, the thing that we found was like, basically, the bottom line, I guess, is that these business owners just needed more help than just the traffic. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. You got to kind of help close the loop for them. Exactly. So you said that the past two years have been the biggest for your agency. How has that affected your, your team model and how you structure and deliver your services? Good question. Um, so our team model has become much more uh, focused on content, if I was to give you the short answer. Um, you know, the tactics, the, the, the content and the strategy are sort of what drives our entire um, service offering now. Whereas before, it was much more tactical, like, hey, we're SEO experts, we're staying up with the times, things are changing daily, uh, we're on top of it for you. Um, today, it's more like, how do we drive long-term success using evergreen content strategies, marketing automation, uh, to get the business owner the, the best ROI possible, and to track and show them that, not just tell them that it's working. You know, if I was to contrast it with SEO, it was very mysterious and dark and we could hand them a keyword report but and a traffic report, but they'd sort of be like, okay, I just don't really know what you guys are doing for me. With content marketing and inbound marketing, your analytics are bottom line key metrics. You know, How many leads did we get this month? Where did those leads come from? What pieces of content are responsible for generating those form fills and those leads, right? What can we do to make it better? What kind of like real partnerships can we make to get that content more exposure for you? You know, um, so- how how can we get your sales team involved in helping us create the content to mirror your sales process? You know, so it's just a it's a different it's shaped our team in that you know everybody is part of the strategy and part of the content now. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, yeah, that right. makes sense. So we're shifting away from purely tactics where the client doesn't know what's going on, and we're moving that more into a value added content position, and your team has to has to kind of meet that new focus. Yes. The other thing that's different is, you know, our clients are, it doesn't mean that they're spending a lot of time, but they're heavily involved with the process because we have to extract their expertise now. You know, with SEO, we were basically just saying, hey, you know, pay your invoice, we'll get to work, we'll get you what you need. Um, There wasn't much discovery involved with inbound. Now we're constantly interviewing our clients. Our obsession is with you know, testing and refining this process. So we're constantly talking to them about what's happening in the sales um, process on their end. We're also asking for access to subject matter experts and um, really getting buy-in from the top down from, you know, their sales rock stars, their sales managers, their VPs, sometimes and most times their CEOs. You know, I know you interviewed um, uh, the sales line guy, George B. Thomas, right? Um, I, I totally believe what him and Marcus preached that buy-in is the biggest problem that yeah. we face as inbound marketers. Um, so that's that's a big, you know, our relationships with our clients have changed. We're partners. We're growth partners with them now. You know, it's not just an invoice that they pay and they go, yeah, they're doing all right. You know, like we are, <laughs> they know who we are. They have our cell phone numbers. We, it, it's a very, very integrated relationship now. Okay, that's fantastic. And I think that addresses the pain point that you felt when you thought about making this shift where, you know, if you've got a relationship with multiple contacts at a company because you're diving in and you're connecting with those subject matter experts, you're not going to get that that phone call or worse, that email from the president who just says, hey, you guys have done okay, but you know what, you're gone now. 
exactly. One of the other things that start that started to happen results wise, which is what we you know we we take pride on results. I think like most good marketers do, right? Um, but our 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 fee is completely worth it to them because our results are cumulative, meaning every month the metrics get better, you know. And the difference between that and SEO was like SEO is just sort of like a, a flat line of results, you know, like, hey, we're sort of doing all we can with this one channel. But with inbound, since it's evergreen, every month that you create new content, not only does the content that you're creating now have a positive effect, but the stuff that you did, you know, a month ago, two months ago, three months ago is also still working for you. So every month that you do it, it should theoretically get a little better, right? Yeah. And so that's been a huge difference maker for us as far as retention and keeping recurring relationships intact. Okay. So I'm hearing a lot of big shifts, Rob, in the way that you structure and run the business. Yep. Are there any specific processes that you guys have come on that are working really well for you when you, when you start thinking about how to get this volume of content out of these different individuals? Yeah, definitely. So um, I'll talk about the strategy and the framework first, and then we can talk about like specifics about how that works if you want to. Um, First of all, I think every agency owner needs to have a framework to work within. Um, and I, I like the 90-day the frameworks because it's long enough so that you can plan ahead, but it's short enough to make it flexible if you need to move, you know, zig and zag a little bit. Yeah. Um, if you do anything longer than that, I think things change too much and you just end up, end up wasting time. Um, so I, what we use is the Content Marketers Blueprint Framework from Max Trailer over at contentmarketingblueprint.com. And as you know, I was kind of patient zero. I had Max Trailer over there teach me everything that he learned when he created that system and that framework. Um, and so, you know, I'm biased. Yes, there are other frameworks out there. Yes, but the second that we implemented the framework, our clients started seeing massive, massive results over and above what we were doing before. And it totally, totally cut down on um, me having to do everything anymore. I could teach somebody this framework. Our content manager could go in and deploy the framework, and um, I could get every single team member involved to pitch in and start helping with client accounts instead of having me, you know, sitting around doing everything. So, that I would say, if if you're not using your framework right now in your agency, you need to find one that works for you and deploy it, and start to make it a little bit more of an assembly line instead of a custom-made thing every time. Because if it's a hundred percent custom-made every time, and there is no base strategy that you deploy and work from, then the clients are going to drive it based on their previous, you know, um, successes and failures. And I don't think that's necessarily always the bad, the, the best thing for them. I think you as the expert need to come in and say, look, we have a framework that you, it's like a swim lane, right? We have this lane that we want you to stay within because we know this to work right now. And what we're going to do is extract the subject matter expertise from you to fill in all of the variables that but still keep you within that lane so that you're hyper focused and you're driving towards the the correct goal you know and that's that's your job as an agency is to say look we're not trying everything under the sun <laughs> we're st- strategically deploying something that is a vehicle right it's more like a car and we're we're fueling the car and we're driving down the highway and we know that this car will get you from point A to point B and, you know, the amount of gas that you put in it is sort of up to you, right? Like if you want to get there slower or faster, that usually depends on budget and, you know, access. Yeah. But 
you know, we know that this road, this highway goes from San Diego to, to Santa Barbara, you know, and we know that we can get you there in four hours with this much gas at this speed, you know, and, and I think just most agency owners overcomplicated by not doing that. You know, I, I know it sounds super simple, but once we started doing that, it just life changing for us and for our clients. Right. Um, and as far as the, as far as the actual, like, how do we do that? Right. The one thing that we started doing that I would encourage every agency owner to do is when you create the content, every time you create a piece of content, interview subject matter experts, get them on the phone, do it in person, whatever you have to do, Skype, however you do it, but use them to extract the content and the subject matter expertise from them because, number one, you're going to get buy-in from the person who, they have a say in it, right? It's their words, it's their input, it's their expertise, so you get buy-in from the client side. The other thing is that um, the quality of the content just skyrockets because if you're the only thing that you have is like you know online research, you're just really pigeonholing yourself into w- one facet of content marketing. You know, you need offline input, you need online input, you need to do a little bit of keyword research to see if you know people that don't know of you already are go- going to find this content, and then you also need to see if these are questions that they're getting in the sales process through their email inbox or out there in the field or however the sales process looks, right? Um, and try to match all those things up. That's that's really super crucial. And I think most people tend to skip the client interview portion because it's time consuming. But to us, the more time that we spend doing that, the better the results are and the less time we spend editing the content that goes into the campaign. So it's worth it. That gives you the most wins as an agency too because it's a multi-front attack because you're building relationships with people at different levels of the organization completely outside of marketing too or completely outside of the ownership you're getting to know people and then like you said you're delivering amazing content that is that's right on the money and with the framework whether it's the cmb or whatever framework you decide on as an agency now you're running a business you're not just a a consultant who goes in and or even a contractor who goes in and just does what they're told i think when you run it as a business and you deliver that I love the swim lane analogy. That's perfect. I'm going to use that on a sales call. Yeah, you should. You know, and they need to picture that, right? Because there's shiny object syndrome is only getting worse daily, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's a new strategy, a new tactic, a new this, new that, new article. But what 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 ends up happening is as you get buy-in and they they start to see the results, they feel like they invested in that, and now they're they're getting a return on that investment, right? The client side starts to buy in because they're seeing the results. They feel like they had a hand in it. And like you said, now now it's a business because, you know, I don't do our our client interview calls anymore. Our content manager does them, but what she does is she records them and she archives it and she gets it transcribed, so our whole team has access to that great information, so that when they need it, they still have access to it. But th- this is really important. Like if you're running an agency and you're still doing everything, you need to find a way to cut out some of the variables. So that you can have an actual business. I mean, there's a great book out there, Andrew. I hope you've read it. It's called Built to Sell. No, I haven't. Oh man, this one's awesome. Let me um, let me think about the author's name real quick. It's uh, Warlow, John Warlow. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it, I'll give you a link for the show notes. But this book is life changing. It's about an agency owner who um, wants to, you know, get some financial freedom. But the book is all about you know, how whether you want to sell a business, whether you have an exit strategy or not, if you build your business so that it runs without you, 
you have the option of keeping the business and you know not having to invest that much time into it or sell it if you want you know but the, those aren't mutually ex- exclusive ideas anymore i mean there there's another great book called work the system by sam carpenter and he goes into a crazy deep dive about operations standard operating procedures how that frees you you know and getting your team to start to create all, all these procedures so that people can get things done without you having to be there or having to, you having to have the answer all the time you know and i think especially in marketing it's like how do i get somebody how do i train somebody to know everything that i know yeah. you know i've been I've been doing this for 10 years there's no way that i can plug 10 years of experience into the heads of each one of my team members there's just no way you know so creating that lane and having the client and your team operate within the lane just makes it turns it into a business instead of like you said just freelancing or you know doing one off projects all the time you know that's so awesome i'm so fired up right now that's yeah. perfect um, <laughs> good <laughs> can you can you share with us give us a concrete example how has this framework structure been a recent win for you on a client project can you give us an example of a light bulb moment on a client or when they started seeing the results where this really bore fruit for you guys yeah absolutely um, so i'll give you the example of our biggest client because it's they were the first ones to um, just dive in, and we kind of have a our biggest client is basically a dream client. They they trust us a lot. Um, you know that they, they're very they, they're very good at getting us everything that we need to do our jobs well. So we've got a great relationship with them, and they've been they were the first client that I put into the CMB framework. So they've been doing it for almost um, almost two years now. It'll be two years in like a month or two. So what's great about that is now we have year-over-year data and it's great to see the monthly growth right but what's really really exciting when you really want to like jump up and down and give them a hug and high-five and all that stuff (laughs) is and that's our role with this client um, is you know when you see where we started and you see like oh my gosh 18 months later you guys are more than double you're doing more than double of what you did when we first started with you and their sales have more than doubled since we started with them. You know, they're they're just going, oh my gosh, how much more can we do? Oh my gosh, you guys really are a growth partner. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for everything that you do for us. You know, it's it's no longer um, we have a marketing team. It's these guys are part of our business, you know, and, and that just feels so good because I think you felt this way before, Andrew. You put your blood, sweat, and tears in for a client, and the last thing that you want to do is have them get lackluster results or feel like they got lackluster results. Amen. Yeah. So, you know, you're right in there with the trench in the trenches with them. So I, I think the biggest, the best case study that I can talk about is the year over year data. And, and this client has sort of a seasonal swing. So every summer they get blasted with, you know, traffic and sales and everything. So uh, we're coming up on our third summer of data and every year it's grown at least 25% and their sales have more than doubled. So that, those are fantastic metrics to sort of report on. Congratulations. That is fantastic. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Switching gears a little bit. I want to drill into who is, who is Rob Bailey as a business owner. And can you share with us what are some of the things that, that you have incorporated into your, your typical morning that help you get up and get running? Yeah, absolutely. So in the morning time, um, so there's a book that I started to read, and I got to admit, I haven't finished it yet, but it's one that I I plan to put into um, my work work schedule here in the next few weeks to finish. Um, 
there's a book called The Miracle Morning by Hal El- Elrod. And um, uh, Pat Flynn, who's a big podcaster and blogger, uh, is just raving about this, this morning ritual that he's implemented because of this book, right? Um, and Hal Elrod was in like, I'm just quickly giving you the background story. He was in a terrible car accident. And he essentially um, became, you know, severely depressed and demotivated after this car accident because he was um, recovering and he couldn't do much. So one thing that he, he noticed was that he, he started to do this morning routine that he didn't really think was going to have a prolific impact on his daily life or his business or anything like that. Um, come to find that this morning routine was almost solely responsible <laughs> for... <laughs> For his complete turnaround. And so, you know, I, I'm typically not a big believer in things like that because I'm more of a night owl. But both Hal Erod and Pat Flynn both used to be t- complete night owls and they started implementing this routine. And they're like, it's seriously life changing. So um, I did two things, right? Part of this morning routine that he's preaching about or, or describing in his book is probably a better way to say it is you need to wake up early. And um, several of my mentors, including including uh, my wife's boss, who's also an agency owner, has said, look, you need to wake up before everybody else wakes up because that's your time to do you, right? You can read a book. You can read the newspapers. You can work out. You can eat a healthy breakfast. You can get your education in, you know, digest video content, whatever it is for you that you're looking to do. But what ends up happening is if you wake up and your entire morning is a compl- in a complete state of chaos, your... Um, you know, it's basically the rest of the day is, is on somebody's terms typically. So you check your email, you're getting bombarded with someone else's priorities, not yours. You uh, are stuck in traffic. You're, you know, you're going to your kid's practice, you're cooking dinner, and then all, you, all of a sudden the day's done, right? So one thing that I started doing was waking up earlier. And I, I, that sounds dead simple, but it's, you know, I don't wake up any later than seven. And most days I wake up at 5.45 or 6 every day. So waking up earlier, it's, it was tough, <laughs> but um, now I'm sort of on a schedule with it, and I don't notice the difference any longer. Um, the second thing is journaling. Um, there's something that I'm not educated enough to speak intelligently about, but there's something about the human brain. When you journal, um, it categorizes the information, and it, it builds in that Tony Robbins type stuff where you're just sort of like, like motivated for the rest of the day because you have clarity and um, there's, a, there's a really simple journal. I've never been able to journal my entire life. I bought my, uh, my business partner and I both this, this journal called the Five Minute Journal. And that thing is awesome. It takes you less than five minutes to do in the morning and less than five minutes to do it at night. And it's, it prompts you with three simple questions. And these questions are basically just like, what are you grateful for, for today? And so that builds gratitude into your day. Um, you know, what kinds of things are looking to accomplish today just little things like that and just writing them down it's, it's just amazing once you write things down it, it those things have a higher tendency to start happening for you <laughs> i mean it's funny how that works right but it just builds that into your day it's like if i only get a couple of things done today and i'm filled with gratitude through the whole rest of the day you know how can things not happen for me it, it just it's, it's something in your mind that plants a seed and the whole rest of your day just has a completely different outlook on it um, and the last thing I'll share is that um, Hal Elrod says that you should do some f- form of exercise in the morning, even if it's like five minutes to 15 minutes, to get your, your body and your endorphins going. So every morning I try to, 
I drink coffee in the morning and, and I try to pound some water with it too. So I try to like down a pint of water at least in the morning and then do something to get my heart rate up. Um, so you can run around the block. I know, uh, you know, my buddy Max Trailer, he, he runs to the gym and then he sprints a mile on, on the treadmill and then he comes home and he doesn't drink any coffee or any caffeine or anything. And that gets him through to noon. And that's because your body releases all of these endorphins when your blood flow gets going. So, you know, morning routine wise, again, I'm not perfect at all of these yet, but I have seen results from this and, you know, big bloggers like Tim Ferriss, he's a huge author. He swears by this five-minute journal and this morning exercise routine now too. So I'm just really looking forward to see how it goes like in six months when I've really got it nailed. That's awesome, Rob. I'm like grinning ear to ear. I can just tell you're fired up and you're passionate about this. (laughs) I Um, love it. (laughs) I've read Hal's book as well, and I'm I'm doing it right now, and I absolutely love it. Awesome. Yeah, it's been everything you said. And the thing that got me was just like drinking water first thing in the morning has been like kind of transformative. Yeah. Um, to to kind of wake up and get moving. That's been, it's awesome. But it helps you like it puts you in that mindset of I think it's the gratitude or the journaling. Um, both of those things that I've found it it settles like a, a um, almost like a subconscious feeling during the day. Um, yeah, so I'm not aware that like I've written these things down and I'm moving towards them now. But I can look at my sheet of goals and they're definitely getting crossed out faster than they used to be. Exactly. And, you know, it's, it, the word subconscious is an accurate description. I mean, it's, it's powerful because it is subconscious. It's not in your frontal lobe taking up all your bandwidth and RAM in, in your day, right? You, as soon as you're done journaling, that part of your mind shuts off. But again, it's like the seed has been planted and you get the benefits of it throughout your day instead of, um, you know, possibly just doing it before you go to bed. And so, there's a, there's a distinct difference there, and I'm not quite sure why, but there's got to be some sort of science behind it. I'm curious to see if somebody covers that in the future. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Yeah. Um, so one last question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you're running your business, what are some of the, your favorite tools that you and your team use to, to get work done and deliver the awesome level of service that you guys are dishing out right now? Good question. Um, so as, as you know... Um, we, our entire team just closed down our office just a few months ago in December, and we went 100% remote. So everybody on our team works from home or works at a co-working space or works remotely, wherever they want. And so one huge tool that we've implemented that has literally been, I think, the difference maker in making that transition a positive experience has been Slack. And Slack is, you know... I, I by no means do I think it's a project management tool, but it's more of a team communication tool, and there's almost zero learning curve. So, you know, basically, I have problems with managing my email and the flow of email. I want to get client projects and team communication out of my inbox because it just gets too messy. Yeah. So, um, we do use a project management system, but Slack is where we have all of our team internal team communications. And instead of, I've literally told people, stop texting me, stop emailing me, um, Slack me instead, you know, um, and Slack each other too, you know. It's so Slack is great. It's got an iPhone app, so you can control your um, message notifications on your phone to be, you know, super immediate or not so immediate. Uh, it's also got a desktop version and a web app. So um, it's basically uh, something that, and we're still on the free one. That, the other part, great part is it's free. Um, 
but we, we plugged it in and I tried it just to do a trial and our team started using it. They loved it. I, I didn't train anybody on how to use it. They just started using it. It was fantastic. So uh, there's a great post out there by Michael Hyatt, who's a pretty prolific blogger about how he uh, cut his email by like 60% by moving his team all over to Slack. Um, and it's been great for us. So that's kind of our secret weapon right now, um, although it's not so secret. <laughs> but it's it works. If you have a team of like three or more, I highly recommend trying it. Okay, that's fantastic. We've uh, we've been using Slack for a little bit now. We've got Slack in um, for one company and HipChat for another, trying to figure out which one's the best one to go with. Um, and what I love about Slack is all the integrations you can do. Um, to just to pull in different notifications. That seems like a great spot to centralize a hub of communications. It is. And, you know, I looked into it briefly. I think Slack and HipChat are very close in a lot of ways, you know. So I, I really think you can't go wrong with one of those two solutions. Awesome. Well, Rob, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for, for carving out this to be able to just share some of your your secrets to help other folks as they're getting up and getting running. I think the swim lane analogy is my biggest takeaway from this conversation. You need a framework and a system to follow. If people who are listening to this podcast want to get in touch with you, what are what's the best way for them to reach out? Yeah, uh, no problem. We So you can reach out to me on your favorite social media channel, um, but our website is pageladder.com. And, um, you know, they can just submit a contact form on our website, no problem. And um, that goes directly to me and it copies my business partner. So um, just go to our website to reach out. We're super friendly if you guys need help with anything. Um, we have, we've gotten tons more value in return um, by, than, than we've given out by networking with other agency owners. And you know this, Andrew, like the inbound agency community is just, full of abundance and we are really, really good at sharing information about what's working out there. And there's tons of business to go around in our industry. So we have a very, very much uh, open mindset and we're happy to share anything to help you guys succeed. So that's awesome. Thank you so much, Rob. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to take a quick break. And then after that, Gray and I are going to come back and recap this conversation with Rob with some additional thoughts. Thanks, Andrew. This episode of Inbound Agency Journey is brought to you by Do Inbound, the world's first project and process management tool built specifically for inbound marketing agencies. If you want to learn how to manage, track, and scale your inbound agency with a pre-built and proven system, visit doinbound.com slash journey. Again, that's doinbound, all one word, dot com forward slash journey. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody. Welcome back. I am joined by Andrew. This is Gray McKenzie, one of the co-hosts of Inbound Agency Journey. And we are going to recap Andrew's interview with Rob Bailey from PageLadder. Andrew, what stuck out to you? What are one or two points that stuck out to you from that conversation with Rob? I loved his swimming lane analogy. You've got to come into a client with the posture of an expert, not the posture of a contractor who's there to do what they ask you to do. It's a mind shift. It's a little thing, but I'll tell you what, it changes the game. What Rob does when he comes into a client relationship, and he says, we have a framework to help achieve the goals that you've outlined right here. That positions Page Ladder as a thought leader and as a trusted advisor through the entire process. So even though we're in the service space, you don't have to take crap from a client who's trying to get you to do things that you don't agree with. 
by leaning back on your framework and, and saying this has helped us achieve results in all of these industries. You are the industry expert in terms of what you do. We are inbound marketing experts. Trust us here. When you can put your foot down like that, you know, you see clients behave a lot better. And I know, Gray, at Guava Box, we've seen a very similar thing come about, whether it's in the inbound space or if it's in the website design space. When you set the boundaries of the game, the, the clients tend to behave within those boundaries. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that it's really important to set boundaries, and it's absolutely critical to explain the why something is the way it is. Why should you be doing this? Because until they know the why, they're not going to participate or buy into the what. Um, and so I think that having a system, a framework in place built on top of the right reasons for that is what's making Rob successful right now with PageLadder. And the ability to communicate that is imperative as an inbound agency leader. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, for for Rob, he's using the Content Marketers Blueprint, which is a good platform. We build all of our own game plans ourselves, but we've got a very set process where we go through step one is build an inbound marketing game plan where we have to outline all the strategy that goes into place. Step two is go ahead and prepare prepare your marketing funnel, build out your automation inside of HubSpot, get your decision and consideration stage offers in place, write your lead nurturing emails, set up your lead scoring, establish your personas, do all that back-end stuff. If they're, the third phase would be a website tweak or a website redesign if it's at that phase. Phase four is now that with the system prepared, we can open the door and begin to engage in inbound campaigns that drive folks to the website and then through the funnel that we've built and then continue to to check in and refresh that every quarter uh, as you move forward. Having a framework like that where you come to the table with a, a plan in place and really you're just customizing it based on the goals that the that the client has, I think it it changes it changes your entire agency. It's going to change the way you manage projects and the way you sell projects. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's a little bit, I think on the surface, what Rob is saying and what we're talking about here sounds a little bit different from the conversation that we had with John Benini from Impact back in episode two, where John was talking about um, kind of customizing what you do to the client's needs. And I think that I think that on that's maybe the way it sounds on the surface, but I think underneath that there needs to be a set process for the way that you're going to execute the deliverables. Now, what deliverables happen when they happen, and uh, and what's kind of the frequency of those? There's definitely variance in that, and how they come out looking for the client is going to be very customized. Should be customized um, set to actually succeed in the different industries that you're serving and with each each individual customer's unique needs. But if you don't have a strong process, and Rob talked about the importance of having those standard operating procedures in place, if you don't have a strong process, you're going to run yourself into the ground and not be able to run a profitable agency. Um, if you're just, you know, at that point, you're not really bringing, it's, it's kind of who's driving the strategy, who conversation, who's driving the deliverables. Are you letting the client do all that? And if that's the case, what are you there for? So I just thought that was one point that, uh, you know, it's easy to kind of think, oh, well, are they talking about two different things? And I don't think that they are based on the conversations that we've had so far. I agree with you right on the money. Cool. Um, one other thing that I thought was cool was Rob just talking about his morning routine and the principle that stuck out to me is just defining your own terms and not letting other people's agenda drive your day. 
and not fighting that uphill battle. I don't know if you had anything to add. I know that you've been doing the Miracle Morning and you've read uh, Hal's book. Anything you wanted to add to that, Andrew? I think it just goes a long way when you can define um, – and we were talking about this the other day, how this past week I didn't go – I didn't on Sunday night define my week and block out my time and just how hard it was for me to get things done and for you to set times up with me to do work. Um, so the morning routine is – it folds off of your weekly routine and how you're positioning yourself for a new week. So what I find is that when I can block my time out for an entire week on Sunday night – I can accomplish my goals a lot faster working through that week so that each morning when I'm going through my morning routine, I can review the list of things that I need to accomplish that week and mentally visualize myself completing those tasks and achieving not necessarily the checklist items, but what those checklist items will lead to. If it's launching a new project or if it's um, building a new strategy for a new business, whatever it might be, you visualize those things during your morning routine and prepare yourself for the day. Um, you know, we have lacrosse backgrounds. I visualize as a goalie before every single game. And in putting this morning routine in place has helped me to take that skill that I honed as an athlete and apply it to real life. And it's been a really exciting experience so far. Amen. Good stuff. All right. Well, we will wrap up here with episode number five of Inbound Agency Journey. We want to thank you for listening. The great one of the great privileges of hosting this is the opportunity to talk to a diverse group of inbound agency leaders and get different insights from everybody. So those conversations have been a big blessing to us. We hope they are to you as well. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to iTunes. We love your rating and review. That helps us spread the word and get it out so more folks can learn how to grow their agency as well. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Inbound Agency Journey. You can find the show's notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash podcast. Again, that's doinbound, all one word, dot com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe or leave us a review of the show. Until next time, remember, life is a journey. Keep moving forward.